0: Welcome. You're listening live to The Green Majority here at CIUT 89.5 FM, our wonderful and very appreciated community radio partners out into the universe, but particularly mostly in Canada and the United States, uh, as well as our local Toronto listeners here via CIUT, our wonderful and very appreciated community radio partners, and of course, the podcast listeners who uh, can, uh, if you miss part of the show or if we talk too fast, which we don't do intentionally, but does happen fairly constantly, uh, you can download the podcast and uh, listen at your own speed at greenmajority.ca, which is where you can also find Dave. Not Dave, but Dave's excellent notes about the show, little primer, uh, and some links to some of the content. All that and more at GreenMajority.ca. But that's just the backup. The real deal is it actually in the studio. Stefan and Dave Hostet are in the studio. I'm going to throw to one of you now, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so
1: much. So we've got a we've got a show of a. Again, this is another depressing show. Just heads up. Uh, I know this is. Maybe the 600th consecutive depressing show, but I, 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 we had occasionally some some fun ones, um, and it will not cover what is sort of ripping through Twitter right now. Uh, so I'm going to have a brief comment on that before we sort of throw to the to the rest of the pieces. And apologies again for our sort of larger set of listeners. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a relatively specific Toronto uh, news story. However, I think it has a slightly larger uh, a larger. Impact or, or the, the 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 part of it at the end sort of becomes a larger thing. So with me, son. So for those of you who don't know, uh, today, this morning, uh, the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, uh, basically announced his intention to cancel the current ongoing election cycle, that is for the City of Toronto, and restart it with only 25 councillors instead of the planned 47. Uh, he has decided that he just wants a smaller council, and despite the fact that what nominations, do you mean
2: he wants a smaller council.
1: He wants to decrease the number of councillors that exist in council. Wow! Yeah, by half, basically. Yes, it's to match the it's to match the uh, it's to match the numbers from forty seven to twenty. Number twenty five comes from what the current wards are like uh, within uh, w- within the provincial MPPs setting. Setting, uh-huh. however, uh, it would make that the number of residents per city councillor the one of the highest if not the highest in all of Ontario or all of Canada sorry so the number of per per number of residents per councillor would become the highest in all of all of Ontario. So essentially we have just less representation. Dramatically less representation. It throws the entire in, the entire idea the, the entire elections into chaos because basically they were they would have to restart the nomination processes. It puts a number of councillors who are who are already planning their 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 next step. They some counselors already received money. They'll ha- they would have to re-renominate themselves and then run against people who are now often a part of similar you know it's consolidating. So what it does in part is it almost guarantees that no new representation will end up on the city council because the incumbents now is so many incumbents will will run will run Um, and it also basically it it can it pushes power once again to the uh, to the burbs because there's 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 more of uh, there's more power out there right now Um, and and it and it fundamentally is anti-democratic and sends everything the entire situation to chaos not only that our mayor John Tory uh, who is often considered, you know, a sensible conservative, quote unquote, uh, ha-
0: ha found out. Fa- sorry. Sorry, just really quickly. Um, uh, I think when people say sensible, what they mean is quiet. <laughs> he doesn't go out of his w- He He's very good at not making headlines. Uh, and I don't think that says anything about his political allegiances. Yes.
1: Um, so, yeah. And, and so speaking of quiet, he, it has turned out, knew about this was happening weeks ago and decided not to tell anybody. Waiting until the day before the, the council, the, the everything closes. Ma- basically guaranteeing the maximize, maximizing the level of chaos as it causes. What do you mean
2: the day before everything closes?
1: So at 2 what? o'clock today was mm. supposed to be the end of all counselors uh, applying, basically. A- anyone oh. who wanted to run had to be up b- by 2 o'clock today. Oh. This announcement would restart all that whole process. Except, and this is where it gets even worse.
0: Except. I think the word you're looking for is insidious.
1: Yes. Uh, except for running for mayor. Running for mayor still closes at 2 o'clock today. So everyone else has to figure out what they're doing and restart. But John Tory gets his his seat closed at 2 o'clock today still.
2: When do the other people get their seats closed?
1: It would have to restart. They'll have to restart the whole non- nomination process. Mm. So everyone, have to, everyone who's, despite if you've already been campaigning, pe- people have been campaigning for a while. They've been raising money. Everything's been happening for, for, for a bit of time. There is law on the books that says that the awards need, need to be guaranteed by December of the year before. Uh, and so this will be taken. Um, this certainly will be taken to court in some capacity. Mm. Although, for, although Tory is coming out and saying, I want a referendum on this rather than just fighting the legality of it. Again,
0: not, not great. And sorry, this is really important. The reason why that's not reasonable is because it's based, a referendum is based on the exact problem that the decision is going to exacerbate. Which is that, yeah, right? If there's a larger number of people out in the burbs, but then you do a referendum, it's a straight vote. Then you're essentially saying we're going to ask the popular vote if we should take away some of the people's representation. Well, but, but also, it's, it's, so it's not—it's not, it's not a reasonable. I just want to right. make sure people realize that it is not a reasonable. No, that sounds reasonable. No, it isn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was—it's it's unreasonable for a variety of reasons. Uh, not least of which, it validates the idea at all. Just you know, fight this in court and, and stop it. But still. This is this is the thing this is the thing for me and this is where it sort of gets bigger than just Toronto uh, if you're if you're if you're in Ontario, you've experienced the last few mo- few weeks uh, of Doug Ford's quote unquote leadership, uh, and he's canceled at least at least four projects that had years of consultation and thinking and people's inputs going into. It. This includes the uh, I- embedding uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Committee requirements uh, of understanding uh, our, our, our the history of, of colonialism within Indigenous peoples and in our education system, which he canceled the day before it was supposed to happen, despite the people had already traveled in. This includes a sex ed curriculum that despite he's walked back, he is, it still is not going to end up being what was consulted on, with thousands and thousands of people consulted on. He got rid of the price on, he's gotten rid of the price on carbon, uh, which, which was many years in the making. And, and now he's, now he's fighting on this new world of boundaries. These are four projects that have, that have been spent years of work on. And in a matter of minutes, they're all, all of that work is now scrapped. No business is run that way. No functioning world can be run this way. So if you're, so and, and this is not new. For to, not new, uh, you know. There, you know. Mike Harris filled in the Eglinton uh, Expressway. You know, like the number of times conservatives have decided to fill in holes instead of finishing transit is is insane. However, this, it certainly feels that like the commitment to abandoning projects that have had extensive planning for for years has decided, assi- has. It certainly feels like it's, it's overwhelming right now. And so, this is I ask. And I didn't mean to make this go on for so long, but this is just ridiculous. So my, que- my request, and I, I don't think there are a lot of conservatives listening to this, but if you are consider yourself a conservative, if you, are an, if you know someone who considers a conservative, ask them to clean up this mess. They, you have created the mess. The rest of us are out here trying to solve the problems of the day. And what are your leaders doing? You know, if you support Trump, if you support Ford, if you support any of these people who are allowing for these ongoing, completely undemocratic, ridiculous cuts that have nothing to do, nothing to do with making a better government in a better world, they're, they're not listening to us, you know. Like the thin veneer that was already is that was already thin uh, That you care about anything but consolidating power is fading faster than most of us imagined possible And the emperor Whether it's Ford or Trump or any of these more quote-unquote professional looking types Has no clothes and it's time that you tell them because they aren't listening to us The rest of us have spent their time yelling about it and trying to find ways to make the world a better place and It is not working so, it's on you now. Get something done. Fix something, because the world is on fire, and you are letting it burn. Speaking of the world being on fire, I hear it's really hot right now, Dave.
2: Oh, so we're going to get into this now? I think so. Okay. So, um, yes, Greece, Stefan. Uh Greece. Uh, to segue from your Doug Ford thing. Yes. Which I'm sure I'm sure your rage will be ongoing.
1: It's so only going to burn out. We have
2: that it. to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Um, Greece has just completed three days of national mourning, which were declared on Tuesday in the wake of devastating wildfires in towns outside of Athens, and yet the fires continue and have now killed at least 80 people while injuring 200 others. Around 250 people uh, waited in the sea in thick smoke for five hours until boats picked them up. As well, 86 people have died in Japan since May as a direct cause of a continuing heat wave which is being called a natural disaster. Over 22,000 people have been hospitalized for heat stroke as Japan has recorded its highest ever documented temperature. On Monday, July 23rd, the city of Kumagaya reached 41 degrees Celsius or 106 degrees Fahrenheit with no signs of cooling down. Tokyo has also broached the 40 degrees Celsius threshold for the first time in recorded history. Some residents are ceremonially throwing water on the pavement to cool it down. The heat has followed massive rainfall that caused flooding and landslides in the western region. Vegetable prices in Japan have risen by up to 65% for some goods due to the extreme weather. Here in eastern Canada, at least 70 deaths this month have been attributed to higher temperatures in the province of Quebec alone, and Ottawa's humidity index hit a record-breaking 47 degrees Celsius or 116 degrees Uh, 0.6 degrees Fahrenheit on the uh, 2nd of July 41 heat records were broken this month in the USA and wildfires have forced thousands of people out of Yosemite National Park a town outside of LA hit a record 48.9 degrees Celsius or 120 Fahrenheit and the University of California broke a 79 year old record when it climbed to 44 degrees Celsius A postal worker died of the heat in her truck, which did not have air conditioning, in a suburb of LA which reached 47 degrees Celsius. The heat also caused tens of thousands of homes to lose power as demand for electricity skyrocketed. Iran has also seen electricity demand surpass its grid capacity, causing major power cuts and preventing people from using air conditioning. The capital of nearby Georgia hit 40 degrees Celsius for the first time. Algeria, is currently experiencing the highest temperatures ever recorded in all of Africa, reaching 51 degrees Celsius, or 124 degrees Fahrenheit. The BBC's Matt McGrath writes, quote, In common with many parts of the world, Algeria has seen a significant rise in heat waves over the past 30 years. According to one study, the frequency of heat waves lasting three days or longer has more than doubled between 1988 and 2015. If the world fails to rain in carbon emissions and the planet warms by an average of 4 degrees Celsius, Algeria could see a sweltering 8 degrees Celsius rise by the end of this century. The extreme temperatures of recent weeks may be a foretaste of the norm in decades to come. The World Meteorological Organization states episodes of extreme heat and precipitation are increasing as a result of climate change. Although it is not possible to attribute the individual extreme events of June and July to climate change, they are compatible with the general long-term trend. Uh, due to rising concentrations of greenhouse gases.
1: So I want to pick up one little thing there because because there here's a thing that we could be talking about right now if we had a government that was trying to actually work for the people, quote unquote, uh, which is that you notice there there was 70 deaths no, were noticed in Eastern Canada specifically in Quebec. Yeah. Uh, interesting fun fact there was not in, you, might, you might presume that the idea the reason why none were mentioned in Ontario, uh, would be because maybe it was cooler here. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's just because we don't track it. We just don't know how many people died because of this, mm. because we don't find out. Mm. And so this is this is here's the thing: which a heat wave, which if in Quebec killed seventy people, you can anticipate you're probably looking at similar, if not higher, numbers in Ontario, given the fact that we are larger and have a larger population. And yet we are doing nothing about it. It is in no way is being talked about. Instead, we're trying to fight for the num- fight for representation and to even consider climate change a thing. And as people die in their homes,
2: I can't believe Doug Ford wants to cut the number of counselors in half.
1: Yes, I, I feel like I broke news to you during the show. You did, uh, and it's, it's throwing me off. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. It is. It, I have been <laughs> so angry all morning.
0: That's that's a tell for our listeners that Dave does not spend time on Twitter.
1: <laughs> no, I don't use the Twitter. Yes, um, so. So these are this is why the weather report is always the most depressing part of our show. You know, these are temperatures like these are temperatures that are unheard of in uh, obviously in Toronto um, and and unheard of in the world in many places like no, like 51 degrees Celsius is not a temperature people can live in.
2: No, it's not even a temperature Canadians
1: can really fathom. Oh, no, not 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 in any way, shape or form. We, we, like even with the hottest day with the highest humidex, I don't think we come close to that hot. No.
0: Arguably, more importantly, that's a temperature at which crops have trouble growing.
1: Yes, mm. yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot and of trouble. and and asphalt begins to melt. Mm. You know, these are these are. Speaking of crops
2: growing, uh, shall I move on to the UK? Yeah, let's head to the UK. So, <clears throat> heat waves are also a major concern, Stefan, for UK farmers because wildfires are becoming increasingly likely as there as there has been almost no rain for weeks on end across most of Britain, and the past couple of months have been the driest ever recorded in the UK. The earth is hard and dry, and the grass is yellow, and the farmland has been described as a tinderbox ready to ignite in an instant as the drought and heat continue, and the crops are drying out just as they are beginning to ripen. Stefan, the crops are drying out just as they are beginning to ripen. That's great. The dry heat is apparently so bad that even harvesting the crops could start a fire because a blade could hit a rock and make a spark. <laughs> the risk of fire increases as the crops ripen, and all farm vehicles are being outfitted with fire extinguishers. Some farmers are having to destroy what would be natural habitat for wild creatures, but pose a risk of igniting if someone throws a cigarette butt out of their window. Um, Now, some members of of Parliament in the UK are also pointing out that the country is quite unprepared for severe heat waves, and in 2016 there were close to 400 heat-related deaths in the single hottest day alone. According to a report put out by some government officials, heat-related deaths in the UK could rise to 7,000 a year by 2040, and there are currently no building regulations to stop overheating. Officials have called for the relaxing of uniform policies at work and school and allowing people to work home. Uh, work from home during uh, heat waves. New regulations to address heat risk have been called for for four years now, but the government has wanted to, quote, reduce net regulation on home builders. One expert estimated that over a 1,000 people have died in the UK just this summer due to the heat. The UK's Environmental Audit Committee reported, quote, The current lack of regulation to prevent overheating means that new developments, including hospitals and care homes, which will be around for the next 70 years, will add to the number of buildings that overheat. The Guardian reported in 2010, 5 million staff days were lost due to overheating above 26 degrees Celsius, resulting in an economic loss of about 770 million
0: pounds. We, we do need to go to break in about one second, but just before you give your comments, which I know you have, Stefan, I, I really enjoy, Dave, when you're doing the news, partly because it allows me to just pull out the most salacious detail and comment <laughs> on it. Uh, and in this case, it was uh, the thing the thing that really jumped out at me from what you just read was that, like, if if you read uh, or if you hear or you like you, you know, get the information that f- any fire, it doesn't matter where they are. Farmers anywhere are now packing regularly fire extinguishers as part of their job, and that doesn't alarm you in any way. There's no helping you. Like, there's nothing else in the rest of this show or any other show that could possibly help you. You're just a lost cause, and you need to be defeated.
1: Like, if, yeah, like if the idea that you you have to worry about harvesting crops because if you hit a rock it might light your entire crops on fire, yeah, that's a concern. But I'm sure everything's fine. It's an today. issue.
0: Everything's fine. like, and and you know what? You know what it's going to be really good for? You know, because uh, you know, I'm sure we make fire extinguishers here in Canada. It's good for the economy, Stefan. Uh, There you go. Uh, And this this
1: is my last point on this one before we go to break, which is that, once again, things like this is what government is built to do. So, for the past number of years, the UK government could have been planning and working to work on to figure out how to deal with these many obvious issues that are real public good issues. Instead, they decided to spend the last two years arguing about the far right idea that they should leave the EU, which everyone said at the beginning was going to be a bad idea and still is going to be a bad idea, and do nothing else but yell at each other and watch their own version of Trump Boris Johnson uh, just parade his. Himself around as a as the (laughs) buffoon that he is the like this is what I mean. There are real problems We have to fix Why are we just deciding to not do it? It's because Quote-unquote responsible conservatives are allowing this to continue and You are the only I'm increasingly depressingly believed that you may be the only ones who can stop this so
0: Wake up and help Yes, they're conservative because they like saving their breath. Uh, so we're going go to uh, uh, Dave's we're gonna go to Dave's suggestion. We're going to go to Dave's suggestion. We're going to listen to uh, Mother Mother. Uh, this is Touch uh, Touch Up. Uh, no, excuse me. This is Neighbor. Uh, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute here with the Green Jordan.
1: Still on your
2: sheets. I could feel what you felt.
0: listening to the green majority here at ciut 89.5 fm our wonderful community radio partners internationally uh, particularly in canada but as well as our very appreciated radio syndicates and our podcast listeners you may be listening on the podcast which can be found at greenmajority.ca back to the studio with Stephen and dave yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, so we're going to
1: continue on our <clears throat> fun facts for the day, uh, which is we're coming up, we're coming up to an uh, auspicious, uh, uh, inauspicious, perhaps more accurate, uh, day, which is, I believe August 1st. Dave, what is, uh, what's all this about?
2: It's auspicious in the sense that it's, um, foreboding, I suppose. You know, it, uh, yes. It predicts a certain kind of future. There you go. It's auspicious. <laughs> you know. Um, yes. Uh, so our global ecological strain through fishing, forestry, oil drilling, pollution, and so on, is currently operating at a rate that requires 1.7 Earths. Every year we pass what is called the Earth Overshoot Day, which according to overshootday.org marks the date when all of humanity has used more from nature than our planet can renew in the entire year. A new study has found that this date is falling earlier and earlier in the year meaning that our consumption and pollution levels are occurring at ever-increasing volumes. It has moved forward two days this year to the 1st of August, which is the earliest it has ever been recorded. When we first began exceeding this threshold in 1970, it fell on the 29th of December. The date jumped forward steadily over the following decades, then slowed down briefly, but has picked up pace again in recent years. We are therefore falling into an ecological debt, which will have to be repaid, considering we cannot all leave the planet. Such an obvious crisis has prompted certain environmentalists, such as independent scientist and originator uh, originator of the Gaia hypothesis, James Lovelock, to insist that we should not put our efforts into things like renewable energy, since global population is going to fall by so much anyway, but that instead we must be focusing all our resources on, quote, preparing to live in a greatly diminished world. In any case, I think uh, Guardian writer Jonathan Watts rightly points out that we are in the midst of sacrificing our planet for, quote, unequally distributed lifestyle gains. The Global Footprint Network notes that political action is much more effective at reversing this process than individual choices, stating that cutting 50% of meat consumption in favor of vegetarian options pushes back the overshoot by five days, whereas efficiencies in industry and construction could move it back by three weeks and reducing the carbon footprint by 50% could move it back three months. The 2008 financial crisis pushed the Earth Overshoot Day back five days.
1: Yeah, I think that last piece is 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 somewhat important, which shows that the our current economy is such that it it collapsing saves us five ex, gives us five extra days of uh, of resources. The yeah, this, this is, we, this is we sort of, I think we sort of cover this every year about how it and, and it's constantly moving slightly earlier, um, and, and and back and forth, but it's it just sort of goes to show the the state that we're in. It, and and it, this is what's interesting about this one is that it, it is because it does a wide range of industries. It's not just sort of. It's not from the standpoint of just climate change or anything specific. It, it is the the host of resources that we are consuming that is the problem. Mm. Um, and, and so it sort of, it sort of dictates the, that while obviously climate change is a huge issue, you know, cutting, if, 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 cutting back, you know, CO2 by 50% would move back three months, then you're, then you're looking at, okay, well now we're getting closer to being at least preparing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd presume that by doing that, you might also get by the, the process to be able to do that would require a level of which you'd be able to start moving some other, you know, bringing back forests and some other pieces of that would be required to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, especially also re- regaining the health of the oceans. Uh, but so so it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of piece, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it, it ends up being for me like it's Earth Overshoot Day is more interesting to me than Earth Day, <laughs> um, and I would say that it, it as a thing to talk about every, every year uh, would probably be a more effective conversation, uh, but also does sort of highlight this fact that you, you, right near the end about how while personal individual choice is, you know, good – like, that's a, a thing that everyone should you know consider. Mm-hmm. This is a global problem and cannot be solved by individual ideas. You know, you have the to, to look this back to sort of the, the ongoing debate about, in, about how to deal with climate change within Ontario. You know, the the current minister has said that while they are interested, they, they want to stay, they're going to have their own climate change plan, but it will not be will not have a price on carbon, which means that they are going to have a plan that is sort of a hot uh, that, that is not a systematic solution to this problem. And there is no non-systematic solution to this problem. That is that is not how this can work. This is only a this is a problem that can only be solved by you systematic. You don't
2: think systems. it's up for private enterprise?
1: Well, I think private enterprises can uh, can 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 be a part are parts of these systems. Mm-hmm. Uh and and but I think you but the solution has to be systemic. They require regulation because they can't regulate each other. Well well regulation like the c- prices on carbon is not regulation. Price on carbon is lettering letting the market solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create, you could theoretically create a certain types of markets that would do a lot of the work, mm-hmm. but you would still need actual leadership from government to be able to do this. Mm-hmm.
2: Because it's, it's giving businesses something that they, they all have to conform around so they can predict each other's yeah. uh, models. It's whereas cre- if, if, whereas there's no incentive for an individual company to do it on their own because then they'll just lose profits and other people will take over there.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, next thing you're going to suggest, Stefan, is that we can't solve the opioid crisis by giving tax breaks to billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's
1: know, madness, Sarah Yeah, yeah. That, clearly, that one a good idea. That, that, that. What was Trump's number one goal? And there he did it. He's, you know, tax breaks to billionaires. Um, but yeah, like, these are the things. right? these are the these are the pieces in which, like, it's as if we've gone into a world in which systemic solutions to problems is just not not reasonable or not considered reasonable, and. And I don't, I don't have a... Which is odd because that's a corporation's
2: work. Corporations right. have to look at their problems systemically, which is why, which is why everybody feels so alienated down below.
1: Well, well and, 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 then, uh, and then on top of that, the, you know, the, the fact that even, at least we, as we're getting into now, a lot of corporations are asking for things like a price on carbon. They're not the ones fighting this. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, gone, it's become completely into this sort of populist realm of, of just mm-hmm. people don't like it, so I'll be against it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an own the libs strategy of, of, of governing, uh, which own the libs uh, own the libs as an owning the liberals. It's a, it's a thing people say on the internet. Wow. Uh, but hashtag own the libs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but like, but that's the idea, right? Like that to me, that is the only thing that makes these governing decisions make any sense is that the point is to make people you don't like mad. There's no effort to do good governance governments you know, that like nothing that nothing that is being brought forward right now by Ford or Trump feels in any way like good governance. It feels like I want to make people I don't like mad. And these are the ways I plan on doing it.
0: Well, it's because to a large extent, he figured out that you don't need to sell policy to people that don't care about policy. Mm. Right. If the only thing your voters care about is sticking it to the other guys. Yeah. That's how you get Ford. That's how you get Trump.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, and that's where we're at now. Um, anyways, that's not really related to this particular article. It's obviously more related to the ongoing anger that I still have. Well, see I, this I think morning. they're
0: rightfully
2: angry by neoliberal projects in general, carried out even by Democrats. They want to stick it to somebody. They, they want somebody to stick it to.
1: Sure, like, but there's the, the level of which that like that um, that works for a particular subset of these of these issues. I would mm-hmm. say that you know there's a vast array of ways in which that is not exactly occurring, but. Um, or a vast set of policies that are put in place that have nothing to do with that. You know? for, for instance, like
0: if you've ever said the phrase own the libs on Twitter, there's a good chance you're not terribly concerned about the intricacies of public policy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, you know,
1: like the, the idea that tax, the idea that, that the tax breaks that are being, that, that, that Trump gave were not just giving rich people more money. Mm. Like that's all that did. And everyone said that's what it was going to do, even economists uh, beforehand, and they did it. You know, that's that is not a that is not a policy that is doing anything to 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 you know tear down the establishment. That is entrenching the establishment.
0: I haven't used this in so long. I have to say it. Oh my God, is, uh, Stephen Colbert whole uh, now. Now, Stephen, you know that facts have a well-known liberal bias, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> the, the and this is so. This is the that's the world right now. You know, the, the, the number of things that are being done that. You know, even this, even Ford's move to cut number of councillors is an attempt to consolidate power within within a within a with a conservative agenda. There is not the the that's. That's what's being happened here is that the conservative side of things has overwhelmingly become a reduced democracy, decrease ability for people to have a say and and consolidate power within the rich and powerful. And and to say that that has not been the what has occurred from the things that Ford has already done and the things that Trump has done is to willfully ignore the facts. And and it's like and or not to mention the ongoing effort that has been done by the Republican Party to deregister voters across America. You know, there's no one who comes like you. You it is not reasonable to say you're on the side of of anyone if your main policy goal is to remove people from voter rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that is or to remove representation, which is you know Ford is removing trying to remove representation from from people in you know in the, in in the world. Like it's something like and then and then here we are with. Uh, and then and then and then what happens that like what happens if you reduce from 47 to 25? One major thing is that there's dramatically less oversight on every one of these sort of unelected boards that exist out in mm-hmm. and and that fundamentally allows for more corporate corporate influence and and, and less government influence. Like you're that is part of this is to just reduce the ability to govern effectively. That was what Harper did here in Canada. You know, it, like the, the, the his mandate more often than not was directly seemed to be directly re- related to. the idea of reducing the ability for Canada to govern effectively, you know, getting rid of the census, he, he got rid of, he reduced the GST. So the government had less money to spend and he effectively destroyed a majority of ways. The federal government exercised power over the provinces. He did three things specifically to allow, to, to make it harder for the federal government to, to have control over provinces. And, and so it's been a part it, – it, it, it's a pattern of, of, of work across both Canada and the United States. Uh, I can't speak to other places, but it, uh, parts where, where clearly the idea has been these sort of messaging of populism while actually providing – this a consolidation of power. And I – and I, I challenge people who don't who, like if you disagree with that statement, show me the examples of places where conservatives are trying to get more voters to, to come out, where conservatives are trying to make things more, 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 like to have more people involved in the processes. Time and time again, that is that that is the opposite of what they've been trying to do. And that's anti-democratic.
2: Wasn't Patrick Brown widening the democratic process?
1: Patrick Brand was increasing the number of people who were who technically signed up to the Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a variety of scandals related to that of of adding random people, including you know the the one that came out right before the election of Doug Ford in which some of his counselors were accused of be, taking people who had signed up on for had driven the 407 suddenly found themselves Conservative Party members. Wow. Uh so whether or not that's a it was, you know, the level of which that, that that increased participation participation is is up for debate. Yeah. Um um, but th- that is, you know, that is still not actually getting new people to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, there's, we have five minutes left before the next break. We can, I, I kind of feel like I, the next one I kind of want to actually get to afterwards. So I, I, if you, if you're, if you're okay with this team, can I jump to the, to one other f- sort of somewhat breaking news story? Oh,
0: Oh, sure. I I wanted to see, I I think I have time really quickly to do both, but just really quickly for my first and perhaps only serious comment of this show, because in case (laughs) listeners hadn't figured it out yet, I'm teching this week, which is why I'm a little quieter than normal. Um, But uh, so the, 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 the resistance has been sort of labeled to the sort of the left fighting people like Trump and now more recently uh, people like Ford. But I think honestly that, that, that term is being used backwards Because essentially, as we were saying a minute ago with the idea that the entire thing is stick it to the people we don't like is the entire voting precipice of uh, right wing people right now uh, is just go get those guys is because the world is changing. Right, we've accept, science has accepted climate change. Big changes have to happen. Turns out, because of the way we've organized our economy, that means big economic changes are going to have to happen too. All these changes are required. People uh, not uh, feeling like they can go out and uh, you know execute people like me on the street because they don't like the fact that I'm queer or something like that. The world is changing. Uh, you know, Me Too. All these things. They are actually the resistance. They are trying to resist change, which is why all these voters are going out saying, "I don't care what you're for as long as you're against." them so they're the resistance and it's history that is going to beat them (laughs) you know it's just a matter of time and that that's not savior that's not doesn't save me from violence that doesn't save all of us from the the punishment of climate change Uh, but it's not going to work it's inevitable it is gravity that these things will change it's just whether or not we do it on our terms or nature's
1: yeah And, and speaking of nature's terms uh, the the sort of the one news story that is that was sort of big that sort of happened overnight uh, was one of the particular wildfires that has been raging. Uh, in, Cal- in Northern California uh, specifically near the city of Redding uh, has now begun to actually force, uh, has now has now sort of come out of control and wildfires swept into the western city limits and destroyed some houses already. Uh, it's actually killed one person. Uh, it's now destroyed at least 15 structures. This is updated at 1045 and so they're, you know, again the, the wildfires are literally ongoing. Uh, and and actually at one point the they've actually, they've switched the work of the firefighters on the ground currently to evacuating the, the residents Rather than trying to fight this fire, uh, and so there's a so there's a whole bunch of work people going on. this, at least 500 more uh, more homes uh, are are threatened today, and this fire is 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 raging. Uh, it covers it, it it doubled in size in the last 12 hours, and now covers 4,400 or 44,450 acres uh, with only 3% containment. Where in California. This is near Redding, Northern California. Mm. Uh, Which again, each year I feel like we have another news story about a terrible wildfire that's happening in Northern California uh, and, and expect that to continue given the fact that apparently we don't care about planning for anything.
0: How often do you think our listeners check the episode number on the podcast to make sure that they're actually listening to the most recent episode because <laughs> I, we continue to cover very close versions of the same stories happening over and over and over again?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I would do it relatively often. Like, I think if you just chose ones, especially from like year to year, like I think if you went 52 weeks back, you'd probably get a story about a a, a devastating fire in Northern California.
0: All right. Here's the thing. And I'll tell you, I'm going to do it now, but no one will remember in yeah. April. I'm going to pick a show in April. It won't be the first because we <laughs> don't have a show in the first but in april at some point i'm just gonna, we're all going to take the week off and i'm just going to play an episode from three years ago and we'll see if anybody notices so stay tuned for april. yeah let's
1: pick the right one uh but anyways so there's, there's more than 1700 firefighters trying to control this blaze right now uh 1700 yeah uh so, since it came out uh broken since monday uh and and again it in the same in the same like you might should not come as a surprise, given our last segment included an idea that just farmers might actually randomly light their fuel on fire. Uh, it's not surprising that this has been hot, windy conditions have been fueling this fire as it goes along. Uh, and they've once again, they've had to call in the National Guard. 200 uh, 200 uh, C- California National Guardsmen have been brought in to help firefighters, which if you remember a previous version of this show, I, I made a bold prediction that at some point the the national guard but specifically the and, and but any part of the uh american military would become more and more involved in actually fighting climate change within the united states and i think mm-hmm. and that would could could cause a variety of odd things to occur uh given mm-hmm. but the but yes the if you're in northern california no know anyone know anyone northern california please ask them to evacuate and check in on them uh and with all of that said let's uh let's go to our next music break before we uh before we come back
0: all right. Well, I appreciate the extra um, couple of seconds there as normal, because uh, I uh, I am actually going to play the song. I wasn't sure I was going to play. Uh, it's uh, I was going to play another Mother Mother song, but there's a, a song I've been sort of listening on loop this morning, because it's really just honestly what's in my heart. It is, in fact, from a video game soundtrack. So I, uh, if you think it is, yeah, it is. Uh, but it's honestly, it's what's in my heart right now. And, and it, the reason for that is because I feel like the feeling you're going to get from the song is very something that I think you'll identify with, which is the idea of Um, The feeling I get from it is sort of trying to maintain one's sanity in the middle of of a feeling like a a whirlpool that you can't control um, and persevering. And I think that's sort of where I'm at today. And so I think this will be quite appropriate. So please enjoy this. We will be right back. You're listening to The Green Majority. So hopefully you feel a little bit haunted for a minute. Again, <laughs> you're listening to The Green Majority. If that interested you at all, uh, beautiful vocals there by Ashley Barrett. It's composed by Darren Korb, and it is, in fact, on the Transistor, uh, which is the name of a video game, Transistor Soundtrack. Uh, that's how I'm feeling today, in case you're wondering. Back to the studio.
1: Yeah, so we're going to cover uh, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> perhaps after uh, a, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a sort of the, guess the combination of mental health and temperature. Uh, feel, it feels both depressing and hot in here, uh, and so I think the next story is, uh, is, is apropos.
2: A new study, Stefan, published in Nature Climate Change, has found that higher temperatures increase suicide rates. The report is apparently as precise as being able to state that suicides in the United States and Mexico can be seen to rise with every one degree Celsius increase in a month's average temperature co-author of the study Dr. Sanjay Basu told Democracy Now that they have correlated that they have corrected data as far back as the 1960s for seasonality, economic changes and other factors and thereby observed a direct relationship between increased average temperatures and suicides showing a quote remarkable consistency that goes beyond mere correlation. They also looked at over 600 million Twitter accounts operating out of the same areas they studied, and the depressive or suicidal comments posted there, linking increased average temperatures with an increased use of words, such as depressed, alone, lonely, bleak, trapped, and suicidal. Researchers were surprised to find that the increase in suicides is not more prominent in rural or agricultural environments. Past, past studies have linked climate change to disproportionate suicide rates in rural communities due to lower harvests and the like, but now that both urban and rural areas are affected by global warming, the rates have equaled out between the two, but also between rich and poor and those living in typically colder climates versus typically warmer ones. Uh, the scientist said, quote, this further suggests that mental well-being deteriorates during warmer periods. Previous studies have shown that higher temperatures increase interpersonal violence. Dr. Basu co-authored another new study about food and climate change, showing a connection between global warming and farmer suicides in India, but also showing that, quote, "...as carbon dioxide increases in the atmosphere, the nutritional quality of staple crops appears to decrease remarkably." the vitamin and mineral content of key crops that are the major staples for particularly low and middle-income countries decreases in nutrient quality for important nutrients like iron and zinc and we find in fact that the rates of nutrient deficiency that can lead to important diseases are expected to increase dramatically in the context of climate change
1: yeah it's interesting that it's both the sort of it, it What's interesting here is the combination of that, just it just being hotter, uh, Mm -hmm. leads to, leads to more suicides.
2: Um, and that's, that's average too. It's not just that it's a hotter day, therefore more, more suicides, uh, like the heat is not triggering the suicide specifically, obviously, because that's not the most important factor in mental health. Right. But it's found that increased average temperatures, Mm. uh, lead to increased, uh, suicide rate.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and I think and that and that I think in some way uh, I would be I, again I would be I this study specifically does not necessarily say that uh, say what I'm going to say mm-hmm. um, but it is I I, w- I would say that give the certainly anecdotal evidence to prove this is the case mm-hmm. uh, or is this case which is that you know there was that there, there was the there was the lawyer who a couple of year, a couple weeks a couple of months ago set himself on fire. Uh, due to sort of the state of the environment within the world, mm. you a lot of I mean, people
2: doing that, um,
1: and 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 those actions are uh, are sort of showing or can 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 show the level of which it is it is hard to exist in today's world mm. as a person who's paying attention. Um, and, and I think that well, as anyone, but also as a person who's paying attention, um, and I, and I think that this, this show alone, th- like funny, I was trying to describe part of what I see the value of, of our particular program, uh, to someone a few days ago. And, and, and the way that I, one of the things I described was that it truly feels like if you p- just read mainstream news and listen to, and listen to general people, um, that, that we are being gaslit. That 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 the society is being gaslit because you read horror story after horror story after horror story, and then also, and then you walk out into a world that seems like everything's okay. You know, you read a story that that UK farmers are worried they're going to light their crops on fire, uh, and so are carrying fire extinguishers in case they do, mm-hmm. and and then walk out into a world in which it feels normal.
2: Well, that's the that's the the strangeness of. Uh Living in an ivory tower, such as Toronto, Canada.
1: Well, exactly, and 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 and, I, and so this that those pieces of this, I think, end up becoming super it became difficult to navigate, um, and and specifically, it, the, what happens is that I feel like we end up in a place where everything that we are trying to get done, and every time you you, you hear something's happening, and then you want to get something move something forward, it doesn't it does it doesn't. It doesn't resonate with the rest of you know. The world is not is not responding as as it should given the horror stories we're reading, mm-hmm. and that is deteriorating our mental health. Like it, I really truly believe that the disconnect between the 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 news and the words and the when the information that we're absorbing and the response to it is is inherently detrimental to our, to our mental health. Mm-hmm. That the more you understand of each individual thing that's going on in the world and and the fact that despite the grave warnings that we're reading and hearing and learning about and, and are existing that the res- you're still getting a majority or not majority, but a large percentage of, of, of the population and of, and of, and of information you consume acting as if nothing needs to change mm. or alternatively that we need to stop doing the things that, that even were began to make sense.
2: Mm. And that, that, uh, that dissonance will increase uh, as things progress, especially for Canadians. As uh, environmental or climate change refugees and other general refugees increase, uh, and we have to decide whether or not to consciously allow these people, not allow these people in, and brutalize our society, or uh, to attempt to, you know, br- bring them in, which doesn't seem all that likely.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And and, and that's the th- and because in a, a big part of that is because we are refusing to appreciate the the real world we live in. And so, and so, and so, and so it, it does not surprise me, I guess I'll say, to hear that as average temperatures increase, you know, suicides do. And, and I think as angry as I've been this entire show, uh, I do think it requires a level of thing to be said, which is like, please, everyone do take care of yourself. Um, and, and, and that is obviously there's a whole bunch of history about how that is not helpful to people who are actually experiencing, uh, truly, you know, severe depression. Uh, and there's a variety of other things that can be done there, but specific, but like for, for those of us, you know, who, um, are not experiencing sort of a, that level, but are just experiencing this cognitive dissonance that truly exists on a day to day basis. Um, We got to give ourselves an opportunity to event sometimes. And that's why I think you so often see these conversations that every conversation with, with people who are sort of paying attention ends up being sort of you sort of half scream at each other over over a beer about the state of the world. And then you go home and you feel slightly better about it. Mm. Uh, and that's and that's and that seems to be the only thing we can do right now. Uh, and it's 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 frustrating because it, it because you really do li- are left with what else you can do. Um, and of course, there's ways to you know give money to people and organize and stuff like that. But like on a day to day, it's so day to day right now that it's so hard to expect you to be able to. Do, you can't do something every day. You can't. You'll burn you, yourself out.
0: In case I just thought it would be interesting for the listener, if you're w- wondering if. Uh you know, complaining loudly to tens of thousands of people at the same time is any more cathartic, uh, slightly, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But still not, still doesn't, still, still
1: is not the same thing as actually getting real action here. Um, and so, yeah, so that's my, that's, that's my only the bit right there is just sort of this level of which let's, let's really try to understand the difficulties that we're really facing.
2: And the earlier study we saw said, uh, noted that political action is the, uh, most effective way to, uh, to push back the earth overshoot day and, and to help the planet. Yeah. But people like, but, uh, Doug Ford's actions, uh, which you mentioned earlier, uh, dramatically reduce the ability for people to obtain that political action.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you only have 25 counselors, there's only so much more, there's only so much they can do. Uh, and every idea will be worse. Mm hmm. But anyways. Speaking uh, of
2: impenetrable political action, yes, let's uh, do it. we're gonna move to the United States, uh, politics.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so much so I'm sure this is gonna be so much more uplifting.
2: Yes. So the new head of the Environmental Protection Agency is trampling all over states' rights. Ah. As Andrew Wheeler stated on Tuesday, that the US needs a single fuel efficiency standard, stripping state governments of the right to I mean not directly but saying that we should uh, they should strip states governments of the right to choose their own and preventing states from setting higher standards than the federal government. Executive director uh, of the Center for Biological Diversity, Kieran Suckling, told democracy now, quote, the state uh, the second estate is a higher standard. All of a sudden all concerns about states rights go out the window, and we have to go to a single federal authority that's going to reduce environmental protection. She also said, quote, Ryan Zinke is going to go down as one of the worst interior secretaries in history. His actions are very similar to what Scott Pruitt was doing over at the EPA before he was forced to resign. He's aggressively trying to avoid all environmental laws. He's meeting with industry groups constantly and then hiding that rather than simply admitting to what he's doing in public. The agenda is always the same. What can he do to allow more oil and gas drilling, even if it's pollu- even if it's polluting local communities, poisoning children? He has turned this agency, which is supposed to be in charge of America's land, air, water, and species, into a handout program for industry, and then going so far as to just erase all this from his calendar and his meeting notes. In particular, what you'll see is that protecting public lands, especially on national monuments, is really good for local economies, but instead they'll erase all that information and claim that it is hurting local economies. It's not just immoral, it's illegal. And that's the reason why this agency gets sued so much. Regarding the Alaskan Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, she said, quote, Zinke wants this to become his legacy, the guy who opened up America's biggest, most important wildlife refuge to oil drilling. Kieran Suckling's organization has won about one legal case a week against against the Trump administration, almost 80 cases in total.
1: Yeah, so... This is the this is the world we live in, um, and th- I I do I do wonder from time to time, you know the places where one can look and find hope, uh, and and you know this is and uh, this well the is fact
2: a, that the United States judicial system is still holding up
1: yes holding there's yeah like there's that. a level of which yeah the fact that a lot of the work that both the EPA and 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 Ryan Zinke have been trying to uh, Mm. trying to do has been consistently fought and successfully defended uh, is good news. And again, it it once again goes back to this sort of the sort of underlying the fallacy that is so many arguments that are made by people who who want to to want to tear up uh, true progress. You know, which is that so like when it comes to whether or not a woman has the right to do what she has with her body states rights most important. Federal government should not be able to control this. Let Mississippi basically make it impossible for you to get an abortion. Mm -hmm. If you want to, you know, ensure that your that your own land in your state is 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 in some way controlled by you or that you you can have any control over your own environmental protections. Mm -hmm. No, that's 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 the hand of the federal government. Mm -hmm. It is it is it is is fundamentally it's, it's the exact same thing. If you want to sort of turn this to a Canadian context, it's the very same thing that is making that all the people who are arguing for the federal government to stay out of Alberta to tell, to demand the federal government put boots on the ground in BC to force Kinder Morgan through. Yeah, you know these are it's, it's the same it's the same thinking that says when it is when rich people want something. Uh, then whichever government is is the one who will give it to them should be the one in control. Mm -hmm. And that's the only consistent theory, it seems to be Mm -hmm. here. And so and so this is a and again, what's interesting here is that like and the Trump administration is, you know, is, is beyond pale in these types of things of, of the secrecy in which they try to go to to pretend they're not doing the things, mm. you know, the level of which that they are consistently sort of doing something and then immediately denying it uh, or doing something and then removing it from the records. You know, Trump recently just got rid of uh, all readouts for what he talks about with foreign leaders because they were so consistently embarrassing for him. Mm-hmm. ending decades long policy that had been that had been done by both Republican and and Democratic leaders.
2: Which is odd. Uh it points out how uh we're sort of collectively recognizing just how fragile our democracies actually are and how much they rely not on fixed laws, but just on norms. Yes. On precedents that people have generally decided to follow just based on their own uh
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like, guess-
2: political pressure.
1: Well, political pressure and just the the idea and the true belief that uh, of actually trying to govern in a way that improves the country you live in or or the state you live in or the province you live in or the city you live in, right? Like these are, it's just, it's a, it's it's, honestly, it's a, it's a level of cynicism that is required to govern in the way you see Trump and Ford governing.
2: There's also a nostalgia, I think to it where it's like, we, it's like I, we have a nostalgia for close knit communities that appear to have now disappeared. And so now we need to um, attempt to, I forgot where I was going to go with that, (laughs) but uh, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. it, it, it's, There's certainly a nostalgia uh, around around the idea that, you know, when things were happening previously, I was fine. And therefore it should be like like the amount of which is just like things were cool when I was a kid. It, therefore, things are always cool.
2: Yeah. If we if we dismantle if we have to dismantle larger collective networks like massive democracies in order to go back to the nostalgia close knit community.
1: Past. Right. Yeah and the idea that they don't have that yet and that they just sort of to offload that type of power uh, you know despite constantly seemingly the goal appears to be at least within 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 what ford is trying to do in Toronto right now actually reduce or increase the number of uh, of people who have one representative you know that is that is unbelievable, which is really weird.
0: Sorry, uh, in, interesting point. I was watching some American news last night, and it's a, a number I've heard before, but I think it's useful here. Which is, uh, it depends what you mean by the good old days. Do you mean the good old days when uh, white men had all the power? Well, they largely still do. They just have less. And if what you mean is the the not oh not that no 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 we just mean the responsible tax policy of Ronald Reagan. Oh, when you mean uh, you mean when they had a ninety percent marginal tax rate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ninety percent. Every dollar over three million dollars converted into today's dollars, it was four hundred thousand at the time was taxed at a 90 percent marginal tax rate yeah mm. so yeah great yeah let's raise taxes on the rich i'm right with you if that's what you mean if you're not into that racism <laughs> thing and you mean raising taxes on the rich i'm with you <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: the yeah the, 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 there is yeah there's a it's just it's consistent and and uh, terrifying it's also a nostalgia
2: for a certain point of optimism where when, when the real wages of um, lower-class, middle-class people are, are actually rising over, over a period after the Second World War, and they start to stagnate, right? Those 30 years of actual um, observable uh, progress for poorer people, those are the nostalgic days, like regardless of uh, whether, um, re- regardless of the, the racial disparities and the, the other bullshit that's going, other uh, stuff that's going on, excuse me. Um, there's the nostalgia for actual optimism and, and, and obvious uh, progress, which did exist for a while and, and then uh, stopped.
1: Well, I, I certainly don't think yeah, the conservative uh, mindset of this moment, or no, there are very few people, if anyone, is currently making the case that the world is going to get better. You know, I don't, I, I really do not think, except there are those outside that of, are. oh, for sure. And I would say, except, I would say, at this current moment, though, outside of maybe some of the more tech bros in in San Francisco, there are a few people who are going to make the case that uh, that you know that. That in 20 thirty years we're looking at we 're looking at a utopia um, but we are running out of time uh, we, I apologize for the relatively depressing version of the show uh, however, uh, call your counselor, call your MPP, do anything help please.